What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. Casino, how you doing today? Holding in there, holding on with yeah. your life. Yeah. Uh, how about you? You and me both. Uh, Madden got released last night, so I was up till way too late playing it even though i knew i had to wake up at seven to take my son to school and then i did not have a time to take a nap today so i am very tired but sounds nice yeah it's uh you gotta do it you gotta do it how about you casino uh baby number two on the way pretty much um yeah so the wife has to go in for monitoring everybody's fine the baby's fine she's fine just a certain thing that make she has to be monitored before he gets here. So uh, we're just waiting for that to be all set up so she can go uh, vacay in the hospital for about a month before just be monitored, make sure things are smooth. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. So it's just going to be me and the kid. Me and the kid, <laughs> a lot of driving. I'm going to feel like you, a lot of driving, driving kids around. Yeah. So, Joining the, the Deuce Club, the Kid yeah. Deuce Club. It's a great club to be in. Great club to be in. But as far as sports goes, we've had actually a pretty damn eventful, what, we recorded on Friday? So we've had a pretty damn eventful four days. We had, now this is a thing where I was like, wait a second. When I was looking up the scores of the preseason over the weekend, did you know they're still saying there's four weeks to the preseason? And just the Hall of Fame game is week one. So they're calling that week one. And then the one we just saw had week three. Because I was like, week three? What are we talking about? But then I looked it up and they have it re- like written out as week one, just Hall of Stupid. Fame game. And then I don't week- get that. Come on it's, now. It's what are we dumb. doing? What are we even doing here? What are we doing here? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so apparently we just finished week three of the preseason or week or no week. We don't fucking know. I I don't, I don't know how they're doing it. Yeah. So we just finished week two of the preseason, even though it was the first time all these teams played. And then the second or the third week, I don't, it's, it's dumb, but, uh, so we'll talk about that. We're talking about. The NFC North today, when we're previewing our uh, NFL divisions, we did so far the AFC East, or no, the NFC, the NFC South and the AFC South. Those are the two we've you done good? this week. Doing okay. <laughs> yeah. This week we're doing this NFC This is why North. BJ needs naps. This is why <laughs> yeah. it's important for you to get a nap. Dude, I laid down for a nap too before the podcast and I just couldn't fall asleep. So this is what you get. But we're doing NFC North oh, today. Is, this why you want, is that why you wanted to start later? <laughs> is that why you wanted to start later? Uh, no, because I, I, had, I had to fill out all these fucking forms for my son. So that was why. But it doesn't matter. Uh, we're here now. We're awake. <sighs> we're feeling it. Uh, but we're before- awake. that's the lowest bar i can i can say uh before we get into the nfc north let's talk about what's been going on in the news uh 
outside. Well, let's first talk about what's going on outside of the NFL, and then we'll just do NFL straight through. So, Casino, have you heard or seen about what is going on with James Harden? I've heard about it in passing. Again, I've had so much going on with trying to prep the wife, getting in the hospital for a while. That, yeah, no, I've heard about it. Um, I know that he's like, basically calling out the guy that's helped him from fucking ever and while he's doing this while he's in china and just like yeah i'm i'm james Harden. he's being james harden man he's just being james harden what else is there to fucking say <laughs> so if you want to elaborate on this because i'm curious to know more about it i've heard it multiple times now in passing so it is just insane to me that uh Like, the Sixers cannot have one regular offseason. There's always fucking something. It's always dumb shit. It's always like, ugh. But, like, the Eagles, they've been my entire life. I've been a fan since I was nine years old, so 1999. The entire time, they had, like, the T.O. Donovan McNabb issue. And then we were good for a couple years. And then it was the Chip Kelly stuff. And then it was the Wentz stuff. And I guess you're right. I was going to say the Eagles haven't been bad. But then in terms of controversy and stories, there's been a lot. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe it is just the fucking Philadelphia water. I don't know what it I don't know what it is, but I will say I'm ride or die Eagles for life. The Las Vegas gets a NBA expansion team. I'm fucking off the Sixers. I'm done. I'm done with them. I can't fucking, I can't deal with them. It's just insanely frustrating. And it's also the thing that I keep seeing with the Harden thing is obviously Harden keeps doing this dumb shit. And it is always, uh, you know, for some reason, it's like that thing we've said on the podcast a million times, uh, well, that I've said a million times, when you run into 50 assholes in a day, you're the asshole. Like, it's kind of that thing where it's I, like... You've said that 50 million times on this podcast. Either I'm not paying attention to you, which, I mean, <laughs> could probably true, or yeah, you've never said that in, before on this podcast. No, the thing where you wake up and the guy who cut you off is an asshole, and then you go into work and your coworker's an asshole. Okay, and you then said the that maybe like asshole. twice, and that was like last week. I mean, well, that's true. And this is the new season. So I haven't said it this time in this season, but it pertains to James Harden where he goes to every franchise and every franchise is like, they're not treating me right. They're not doing what I want, like blah, blah, blah. And then they just, he just like works his way out of it. And then it's just like always, it's like the Kyrie thing where it's like, really, Every single team you go to is the issue. It's never you, never you at all. It's always the team. It's like, get the fuck out of here. But the thing with this one that is interesting is it's, it kind of has, there's something here that's missing from the story because all the teammates of James Harden on the Sixers are kind of backing him and showing support to him over Daryl Morey. So there might be something here. And then there was also a report that Joel Embiid has removed the word processing and his location as Philadelphia from his social media. 
So now he's pissed about the whole thing. And now James Harden, apparently he's like this because he was trying to force a trade to the Clippers, but the Clippers weren't going to give anything worthy in return. So now it's like this weird. And then uh, Wojnowski reported that James Harden's goal now is to make the Sixers so uncomfortable that they just decide they cannot bring him back to training camp and trade him. So he's when, again, the NBA is one of those leagues where you want, if you don't want to play for the team, you're not playing for the team. Like there's just nothing, like there's no, we've talked about this before. There's no like accountability or anything. All the contracts mean fucking nothing. Cause you can literally just be like, I don't want to play here. And then it's kind of just like, okay, well, you signed a contract and then it's like, yeah, but I'm not going to play. And so then it's either you let your best player sit or one of your best players sit on the bench and lose value or you just try to strike while the iron's hot and get as much value for an asset that's basically like, we're not playing. I'm not playing for your team. So what do you think the end of this is, Casino? Just from what I've told you, do you think he... Is James Harden next game suiting up for the Sixers or for one of the other NBA teams? Uh, It's got to be for one of the other NBA teams. Um, So you have players that, you know, demand trades, whatnot, but then they're, let's just say, too backboneless where they will not follow through with their threats. They're just empty threats. But I guess James Harden just seems like the guy that he's going to be like, yeah, I'm not going to play. And he's just not going to play. Even if they're like, yeah, go in. And he's just going to be sitting on the bench. He's like, yeah, I told you I'm not playing. I'm not going to stand up. I'm not going to get on the court. Like, he's not going to play with this team again. I would I would put money down, not BJ money, but casino money. <laughs> I'd put money down that he's not going to be playing for the Sixers, whether he's still contracted on the Sixers He's not going to play for the Sixers. He won't go out on that court and play. He just won't. Yeah. And then, uh, apparently- I don't know. If you said the Joel Embiid thing. I don't. I don't know if you know if he's there or not. That if definitely if he goes, Harden's gone too. So. Yeah, I do think. I do think the. Uh, I do think the kind of outlier issue of this is it becomes a much and why it's like oh you should just trade him I think it now becomes a thing of like you should definitely trade him because I feel like this becomes one of those things where the longer James Harden is there the longer he's kind of pitting the organization against the players and you kind of don't want that like cancer in the locker room spreading because now it's already kind of started to infect You saw like PJ Tucker. I know he's no longer on the team, but he used to be, and he issued support for Harden. You've seen obviously Embiid kind of have, I mean, he's always a troll online, so you can never really take what he does online seriously, but it is one of those things where I feel like you need to like cut the head off the snake and kind of just be like, Harden, we're sending you to, you love Houston so much, fucking go back to Houston, take picks and fucking a couple role player guys and just kind of clear you know clear the air and be like we're building around Embiid and then just Embiid and Maxi go from there and it just is also one of those things where as a Sixers fan 
I don't feel like Harden gives us the best chance to win in the playoffs, which every year is, you know, you see the heat kind of just coast through this, uh, through the regular season. And when it gets to the playoffs, they turn a switch and it's kind of the opposite with the Sixers where they have great regular seasons and bead lights it up. And then all of a sudden they turn off the switch when they get to the playoffs and it's just, yeah, what we see every year. So I do think just get rid of him. The stupid thing he did where he's like in China and he's just like, oh, the guy lied to me because apparently he said he was going to bring me back, but now they're trying to trade me. But now I do want to get traded. So it's just a giant mess. Perfect for a Sixers offseason, which always happens. Casino, you're on mute. And sorry, kid was screaming. So just a shit show as per usual with with him. So, yeah. Great. And uh, I mean, he he had one good playoff or two good playoff games this past season. So I think I think he's already passed his prime, but that doesn't mean he can't still contribute. I just don't think he could be the number two guy on a team. I think as a number three guy, he's insanely valuable, but whatever. Now to move from one shit show team to another shit show team casino. Let's talk about your Patriots. Uh. (laughs) This is. Isn't it funny how we do this podcast? I'm a Philadelphia sports fan. You're a, a Boston sports fan. And for some reason, these those two cities always just have stories linked to each other in terms yeah. of happening within the same time frame. So, and this one goes even deeper because the Eagles are my team and their rival is the Cowboys. And now you, your team, the New England Patriots, have signed former former great i'll add another formerly great uh dallas running back in ezekiel elliott when you're only good for like two years does that consider you a great i don't i don't (laughs) think so okay uh but thoughts on your team signing ezekiel elliott to a one year i believe it is uh it was a one year how much uh, so six all in all, if you could get to it, but it's like three and then leftovers. So thoughts on With incentive. Sorry. thoughts Go. on your team signing Ezekiel Elliott to basically approve it one year deal. Um, it's so I don't mind this because I feel I, I don't like Zeke as a person. I think he's kind of a jackass, but <laughs> um. So yeah, what it was, it was a, a, th- a million dollar signing bonus, um, and yeah, so it's a six hundred million or yeah, uh, six million contract with, and I still can't see this stupid three hundred or the three million thing, whatever. Um, he's going to be good for the role playing that he's going to do. He's not going to be the number one back. Our number one back is still going to be Ramondre Stevenson, which. So stoked for that. Um, but Zeke, he's going to be that situational guy. He's going to be goal line. He's going to be the third and one, the fourth and one. You know, we need just a power runner to go right up the middle and get us at one extra yard. Um, I really hope that this calms Zeke down a little bit. You know, Belichick, he's good at at calming players down. And the ones that he can't, that he wasn't able to calm down, he wasn't the one bringing those players in, you know, that's other, that was like Brady bringing people in or 
an offensive coordinator guy, blah, 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 or uh, going up to the crafts. Belichick, if he's going to try to get this guy um, on the team, he's bringing Zeke in, you know that he's going to be like, okay, this is how we run our shit. You're going to stop with the theatrics. You can do your little like, woo, when you get a touchdown, whatever, feed me bullshit, fine. But you're not the number one running back. You're coming in as a specialist. You're lucky that we picked you up because you weren't going to get any goddamn time in Dallas because you have Pollard and then I forget the rookie that uh, was showing promise. He's going to surpass him. So Zeke was, he was done. He was done in Dallas. So he should be kind of excited and happy that he's going to a team that is really focused on the run. Um, And yeah, I I think it's a good pickup. It's not the pickup I wanted. I wanted Dalvin Cook, which we'll talk to talk about here in a second. I wanted Jonathan Taylor, but whatever. We got Zeke. That's fine. Um, so I don't hate it, but I don't fucking love it. Um, it's gonna be tough watching this fucker play. <laughs> uh, I mean, over or under, how many times you get to see the eating? Uh his celebration and will you cheer for it? Because it usually only comes after touchdowns. Um, I, I don't know. I'm going to have trouble. with this. <laughs> I, I will really have trouble with this. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going to have trouble with this. Let's just say that. So I do think this is a good pickup from a standpoint of Obviously, like you said, and we talked about prior to the show, he'd be a good goal line back, kind of like a LeGarrette Blunt, like usage. You know, LeGarrette Blunt, obviously, in his later years, was more or less just a short down back. And you already have Stevenson as your, you know, third, uh, first through third down back, or first, second, you know, all purpose back. And then you have Ezekiel to kind of come in and get the scraps. But I, like this move for the Patriots until, like you said, you look at the other options that were also out there where it's like, yeah. it's like you look at Dalvin Cook, who will, t- like you said, we'll talk about in the second signing with the Jets. But then you also had Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. You probably could have got for obviously it'd be more expensive, but uh, on the Patriots right now, we've talked about, and we'll talk about them more when we preview them, but we talked about how they really don't have any playmakers. So if you want to be old school, you know, uh, old school Patriots, why wouldn't you just have two a two down back system, take the pressure off Mac Jones, and then kind of just run it down people's throats? That's, but that's it's what like, I thought was going was gonna to be the case to be honest. Yeah. So you also had, and this was the page I was looking for. You also had the ones, the other running backs that were out there. Obviously Dalvin cook was still out there before he signed with the jets. After the fact Uh, you had Zeke, you had Fournette, and then you had Kareem hunt. So it's like, I don't know if Zeke is better than those guys, but I've also feel like maybe only Fournette is the one we've kind of seen fall off a cliff but i think second and pretty close to fernet on that list is zeke in terms of falling off a cliff i mean he looked like a shell of himself the past what season and a half like he two two and a half seasons in my opinion 
Yeah, and he got completely overshadowed by Tony Pollard, and it just becomes one of those things where it's, yeah, you're getting him on a cheap kind of, you know, come in and prove yourself deal, but with Cook out there, Cook's still in his prime. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor probably hasn't even hit his prime yet, so it just seems like a weird... And then, obviously, you don't go after Hopkins. You don't go after OBJ. Again, they're more expensive, but... Who else do you have at those positions? You have Devontae right, Parker, but you know what? That, who's that's, the worst that's at every going off stat. of. Yeah, hi, hi, kid. Um, <laughs> going off of what Belichick does, he doesn't bring offensive guys. He's a defensive coach for a reason. Okay, hi. You can. There you go. He's a defensive coach. He doesn't like bringing in offensive players. You know, uh, our <laughs> who's our number one wide receiver? I I don't know. I, again, Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, like, who are we looking at? Uh, Kendrick Bourne? Who's the number <laughs> one receiver? We don't have a true one, in my opinion. we got some decent running game, and that's what we focus on. Pretty much since McDaniels has left, it's been pretty much just a running game, um, especially since Brady's left. But that's going back to old Patriot football, which was a running running focused team so you know but you're trying to put together a running team in a league where as we've talked about many times that it's not a running back league anymore it's a wide receiver it's a dual threat quarterback you know what do these running backs come into play so my fingers are crossed that a lot of teams are set to stop wide receiving and stop you know dual quarterbacks but not really prepared well enough to stop the running back game that's my only hope for the patriots this year because as we can move on to the next topic which is dalvin cook going to the goddamn jets this team is absolutely loaded now um especially with uh rice hall coming back for them and you know he's supposedly feeling better Oh, Bryce. That's what I, did I say. Bryce. Yeah, I said Bryce. You said Bryce. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I had a friend from by the bar last name named Bryce, so it's fresh on the mind. So Bryce Hall. Uh, and, you know, so he's good, but you bring in Dalvin Cook. So you're like, okay, take your time still, kid. Get recovered. You know, we're going to, we'll, we'll start like getting you back into the game because, you know, obviously you're good. You showed us what you could do, you know, and sadly you got hurt. So we're gonna ease you back in, and while we do that, we got this super stud and Cook coming in to take the front load of the the carry for you. So I think they're gonna look phenomenal. I'm really worried about the Jets this year. They keep getting better, and you know what we've talked about was we don't like Rodgers, but him taking pay cuts for this team so they can bring in players like Cook. It's it's scary that they're loading up, and they're doing what you know, the dynasty of the Patriots did, especially for the last three, you know, their last three Super Bowls was they kept cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting their paychecks to get other players in there and to keep other players that it worries me. This is what the Jets are doing. And I do not want them to do well. I don't want to cheer for the Chiefs. I don't. I don't want there to be another dynasty side of the Patriots and the Chiefs are coming dangerously fucking close to that. (laughs) Um, that uh, I still might cheer for the Chiefs over the Jets because I just hate Aaron Rodgers more than 
I want the jet uh, the, more than I want the Chiefs to lose. So, uh, as an Eagles fan, fuck the Chiefs. I hope they never get to another Super Bowl with Mahomes, but we'll so get to them. You, okay, let me. Would you rather? It comes down to an AFC Championship game. Would you rather the Jets win or the Chiefs win? Uh, Jets, a hundred percent. You'd be Literally okay with 100%. Rogers going to the Super Bowl. You'd be okay with Rogers going to the Super Bowl, possibly winning a Super Bowl. More than Mahomes winning his third? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I'm tired. I'm already we'll get to it when we talk about you got the, the AFC you got West. the Chiefs fatigue. I'm already I already have Chiefs fatigue. Did you see the fucking thing where obviously ESPN and NFL when they post shit on social media, it's always the fucking worst. Did you literally see the Chiefs backup quarterback made this like unbelievable play in the preseason game and espn was like look at mahomes reaction to this play and then everybody in the comments was like you're show you're hyping up mahomes being excited about a great play instead of the great play yeah like it's just fucking ugh it's just one of those things where we've already and again this is this is I'll with be honest, I, I under I totally agree with that. I don't care when they show players' reactions to great plays, except for like when it was like a big moment. The last one I actually cared about was when Tom Brady got excited about uh, Butler getting the interception on the Seahawks, and he's like jumping up and down like yeah. a little girl. I like that, that one. Significant. That one this was a was preseason a game. game. <laughs> yeah, like, that was the Super Bowl. This is the the first week of preseason. Like. And we need and ESPN needs to be like Mahomes. Oh my, did you see him being excited about his teammate? Like, and it's just like, why are you mentioning his teammate at all? I still don't know what the teammate's name was because he wasn't mentioned in his own fucking clip. So I'm already done, uh, or I've been done with the Chiefs, especially after they beat my Eagles. Call it sour grapes. Why wouldn't I be? Like, I would just be like, oh. Congrats to the Chiefs for beating my team in the most important game of the year. Like, no, fuck that. Like, and especially how they did it. We don't have to get into it again. We can, uh, you can go back and listen to uh, me rant about it for the Super Bowl. But I think uh, in terms of talking about the Jets and we'll hold till Casino gets back, or I mean, we'll keep talking till Casino gets back. But I think the uh oh and he's back i was just gonna say i think the craziest thing about aaron Rodgers to the Jets so far is that he's made zach wilson actually look good like he's had right? two pretty damn good preseason games where he's like looks like an actual nfl quarterback and you can tell aaron Rodgers like and zach wilson even says it like oh yeah aaron Rodgers is always like telling me like to do this, do that, like suggesting plays, like do it. So he's clearly well, yeah. being like Rogers is the one helping me be better, which is well, you crazy. know, and Rogers is not known for doing that. You know, Rogers. That's why it's crazy. For, yeah. Well, you know what? I I I think. I mean, I could be wrong here, but I think that Rogers is doing that because he also wants Zach Wilson to help him with his off field. <laughs> uh, off field performance. <laughs> he's like, listen, <laughs> you let me throw a touchdown pass in a preseason game and I'll show you the hottest mills in New York city. And I'll introduce you to my friends. All their moms are hot. Like you can come along with me. 
we can do the old Jets two for two for one, the jumbo jet. (laughs) Jumbo jet. (laughs) But uh my and we will talk about the AFC more when we uh preview the AFC East. Uh, but we're not talking about the AFC East today, Casino. We're talking about the NFC North. Uh, are you ready to dive into it? Yeah, let's see how how much I can get down before uh, this child uh, grabs me again and wants me to go do something. <laughs> uh, let's talk about. Oh, she just slammed her. She went and ran into her room and slammed her door. I mean, you're golden now, but oh yeah, <laughs> you can play with uh, all of her toys. Let's talk about the former team of one Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, for the first time in over 20 years not having a uh hall of fame quarterback potentially we don't know about jordan love yet but potentially not having a uh hall of fame quarterback for the first time in over 20 years this yeah, year since, it goes all the way back since when they Nine... <laughs> i want to say Favre's first year was 91 91 i was gonna say 92 91 92 but yes last one first season last year with the aaron Rodgers led packers they went eight and nine and finished uh behind the vikings and lions in their uh in the nfc north this year however they have the 14th easiest strength of schedule Last year, their total offense was 14th, pass offense was 17th, rush was 15th, scoring was 17th. Their defense, on the other hand, uh, in total was 17th, 6 against the pass, 26 against the rush, and 17th in scoring. So, Casino, my the obvious question when it comes to the Packers this year is, do you believe in Jordan Love? Um, I don't. Um... I, I I don't, but I need to see more. I could be totally wrong. I'm not going to like be like, oh, yes. No, I am 100% right on this. Uh, I don't think that he's going to be good enough for it. Uh, what's your take? Well, I'm trying so, to. So, I mean, the crazy thing is you look at the free agent signings versus the free agent losses when it comes to the Packers, and they lost – uh, far more than they than they gained, and they didn't really even replace anybody that they lost. They lost both tight ends last year, Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis. They lost Cobb, who was kind of a shell of himself, but still a valuable situational wide receiver, I want to say, like a wide receiver four who can come in and catch passes when you need him to catch them, uh, which is all you can basically hope for. But then they lost... Uh, their safety almost two defensive uh, linemen, and then obviously Alan Lazar went to the Jets to reunite with Rodgers. They really only they signed two safeties and a long snapper. So they in free agency they really didn't do much. They got the great edge rusher Lucas Van Ness from Iowa in the first round, and then they got two tight ends in the draft and a wide receiver. Uh, Jaden Reed from Michigan State. So again, it just is one of those things where when you look at the stats for 
the Packers from last season, I think you more have to focus on what this defense is going to be in terms of trying to, instead of trying to replace Aaron Rodgers, because obviously that's not going to happen, but this is a quarterback driven league and love did come in last year against the Eagles. And he showed kind of flashes of, you know, some stuff where you were like, Oh, okay. But it's also one of those things where I don't trust backup quarterbacks when they come into games that they weren't originally starting because then it's like, there's no game plan for him. Obviously love is a much different quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. He looks like much more of a scrambler and kind of evades the pocket. I know Rodgers would do that, but he, he Rodgers would evade the pocket to set up the pass uh love looks like more of a getting out of the pocket so i can run it in case my guy's not like my first read isn't open so i don't know casino i think when it comes to the packers i think everybody's so focused on love where when you look at this defense they kind of were mediocre last year and again they finished with a losing record and they really didn't do anything except add one edge rusher to make this defense any better but they lost a bunch I mean of so people. that's all true but do you think that players had Aaron Rodgers fatigue where they were ready to get him out of there and now they feel a little more revitalized to actually show up and play for play for the team and you know this focus of Aaron Rodgers is out this cancer of Aaron Rodgers is out obviously you know he's trying to be all a buddy buddy over in the Jets but you know that's just who's to say by like mid season, if they're not having the best season, he's not going to do the same thing he did over in, in Wisconsin. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I wonder if this team, I you know it's the same pieces and you know, blah, 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 but really a lot, of, a lot of the game is also a mental game. Like if you're just not into it and you're not willing to work for it, you know, you're not going to perform well. So I really wonder if they maybe had Aaron Roger fatigue and they were, you know, once he's out now, they're like, okay, but see, I go for it. Well, I feel like the, I feel like the rookies were the ones that were like, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a dick because you know, you heard all, all the stuff obviously last year with Christian Watson and where Aaron Rodgers just basically ignored him for a couple games because he dropped a big pass. And then he obviously caught on at the end of the season and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Rodgers is one of those guys where I know we don't like him, but his former teammates literally talk about the guy like he walks on water. Like you never hear anybody say anything bad about Aaron Rodgers as a former teammate of his, even the rookies who he was doing that to were always like, oh yeah, I shouldn't have done that. It was never like, and again, it's the quarterback, but we've seen players call out their quarterbacks or like not, uh specifically just put the blame on themselves and kind of well, you know i mean okay sure sure you know you're not wrong there but you're not wrong there but also rogers is just a expert pro expert top tier manipulator so i'm wondering how much of it is you know they mean these things or it's just he's silver tongued it into their freaking mind and they're like oh yeah he's a good guy he likes doing Ashawashka or whatever it's called. Ayahuasca. He's hip. I, there it is. He's hip. He's cool. You know, and then the veterans are like, yeah, he took us to a Super Bowl. Let me grab my cane out. And it's just like, yeah, fuck off. 
I don't know. I hate. I just. <laughs> I will never defend for, Aaron Rodgers. Your I hatred hate for Aaron Rodgers. It's it's palpable. It's so I, it's so I, good. I and hate then, him so much. Well, also when he con- he uh, came to the Jets with that silver tongue, maybe that was what Zach Wilson was like. We can get use out of that. Let me show you. <laughs> let, me, let me show you around. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad football's back and we could talk about Zach Wilson. <laughs> just it's it's so great. Uh, but we could do an entire series just on Zach Wilson and his <laughs> off-field antics. But the uh, different kind of show, that. different kind of show, but still yeah. good show. That'd be the only sports podcast after dark. That's that's a good companion pod to this one. But my question to you, Casino, and this division is very interesting because they are all very close in projected win totals. So the line right now for the Packers is seven and a half. You go in over under for seven and a half. Man, I think it's I think it's a push. I think they're that's right about where they'll be. At seven or eight? Uh, seven. I'll call it see, seven. I literally wrote down seven. I think this feels like a seven-win team. I don't see, unless Love just comes in and is just like incredible and everybody's like, oh my God, where has this guy been? And then it's just, you know, uh, something nobody was expecting. But I think right now at the moment, I would maybe have them as the... I think I even like the Bears more than them. I think I would have them fighting I, much I have more the realistic. Bears. I have the Bears above them. Yeah, I just think they are much more likely to be fighting to stay out of last place in the division than to fight for first. That just seems, yeah. Because this same team that has only gotten worse last year went eight and nine with Aaron Rodgers. So without him, all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh yeah, they're going to be a 10, 11 win team. Like how they have, they haven't improved anywhere. They have a bunch of rookies and we've already seen just from NFL history that there's very few rookies that come in and just make immediate impacts for teams that results in wins, right? It's always just like, even great ones like Mika Parsons or whatever, like, yeah, he's great now. And he was great his rookie year, but when he came in his rookie year, he was like affecting the game, but he wasn't the difference between winning and losing. Can we go so, through, can we just go through one episode in football and not talk about Mika Parsons, please? No. I want to hear his name way too much. <laughs> We're going to talk every episode about Aaron Rodgers, Mika Parsons, uh, Patrick Mahomes, every overcovered, annoying person in football, we're gonna talk about casino every episode. All right, how we get the clicks. Uh, but let's move on to the longtime rival of the Packers, and that is the Chicago Bears. Last Stop year, Bears. <laughs> last year they finished three and 14. They have this year the sixth easiest strength of schedule. And then in the offseason, they traded their first round overall pick. They got DJ Moore and a bunch of other picks. But let's talk about so last year, their total offense was 23rd, 32nd ranked in passing, first in rushing, and 32nd in scoring. However, their defense, much, much worse, 32nd in the league in uh, total defense, 18th against the pass. 
31st against the run and then 32nd in scoring. So with all that said, Casino, how do you feel about the Bears going into this uh, season? Um, I think they're going to be right there missing the playoffs again. But I do like this team so much more than um, I did last year. Uh, I think, oh, man, this is going to be tough. Um, yeah, I think this, this this division is, like, really close. I don't know really who I go for, but my kid agrees. She finds it hysterical. Um, <laughs> but I, I really do like Fields, and I really just want to believe in him. Um, sorry, having a tough time uh, with getting this wrangling this, this kid. Yeah, oh, but <laughs> oh, both, both. Yeah, uh, but it's it is a tale of uh, uh, two different teams when you look at the what the Packers did this off season and then what the Bears did because the Packers are kind of just trying to plug and play with what they lost kind of trying to replenish in the draft and just kind of be like we lost two tight ends let's draft two tight ends and then just kind of replacing pieces they left or that left but not necessarily improving whereas when you look at the bears we obviously saw that they were 23rd ranked in total offense, 32nd in total defense. So all they did in the offseason was just get offensive or defensive players and not even to replace ones they lost because they didn't really lose anybody, just to improve. So they signed Tremaine Edmonds, uh, the the linebacker from, I believe, the he was from the, the Bills, right? Yes. So he was from the Bills. He led all off-ball linebackers in coverage last season. They also got TJ Edwards from my Philadelphia Eagles, who was ranked eighth in pass coverage. So they got two great, uh, good-to-great middle linebackers who are good at coverage. So I feel like that opens up if you're going to be playing a 3-4 defense, right, where you have two linebackers on the field. Uh, They also got... Get, uh, Nate Davis, they got edge rusher Rasheen Green, they got running back Deontay uh, Foreman, defensive uh, interior lineman Demarcus Walker, they got Robert Tunyon, who we just talked about, left the Packers, and then they got another defensive uh, inside tackle in Andrew Billings. But then in the draft, they obviously the biggest move they made in the draft was trading for DJ Moore to get out of that first round pick. Uh, from with Carolina and then they got a tackle they got another defensive tackle they got a cornerback another defensive tackle and then I kind of feel like fourth round on is kind of ones where it's just like either these guys are hit or they never see the field right so you can't really judge them like oh they got a great I never really believed in that it really only is the first three uh rounds and then you see if you can get some diamonds in the rough after that no disrespect to fourth rounders or beyond, but that's just kind of what happens. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I do think, unlike the Packers, where I felt like most of their season kind of depended on how their defense shook out, I kind of feel like the Bears, it's the opposite, where it feels like this team lives or dies by Justin Field because last year he was their offense right there with the number one rushing team basically because of him and because he would have 
three or four amazing plays in a game. I mean, he had one against the Eagles last year where it's like the Bears aren't good, but you're scared of Justin Fields where at any minute he can just break a 80-yard run that looks like he's faster than everyone on the field because he probably is. And then now we even saw it in the two uh, or in the preseason game they just played where he had an insane stat line, but it was literally just from screen passes. So I believe, oh, let me pull that one up. I should have had Sorry. it pulled up. <laughs> I had a step away there. Uh, the kid had one of the dogs cornered at the window seal and the dog wasn't <laughs> having it today. So I was just, <laughs> so I was making sure that uh, nothing went down. <laughs> uh, but uh, so speaking of the the past, uh, the last preseason game between the Titans and the Bears, Justin Fields three for three, a hundred twenty nine yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. And yeah. again, on paper, that's an insane stat line. But when you watch the game, it was literally just like nothing but screens. And the one to DJ Moore was like a 70 yard screen pass that he just took to the house for a touchdown. So well, if it's going to stat- it works, it's, if it works, it's going to work. Well, yeah, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it, if you can open up the pass game where you have, you know, obviously two great, I would dare say they have maybe the most underrated wide receiving group in the league like when it comes to the Packers we were just looking at it's like tight ends are both rookies they have Christian Watson and then it's kind of like who else is going to step up for the Bears they have DJ Moore they have uh Daryl Mooney and Chase Claypool who I think we've seen flashes of I don't think Chase Claypool maybe fit this team as well as some were thinking he would but I still think there's, we've seen him be good. So maybe he just needed an off season with the team. So right there, there's three great, I would say dare good, potentially great wide receivers. And then their tight ends, they had Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis. I feel like all three of those guys could be starters on most teams in the league because tight end is one of those positions where I feel like there's very, very few good ones. And then there's kind of just everybody else. And these feel like three guys who, yeah, could potentially be starters on every team in the league. That's not, you know, the chiefs, the Ravens, you know, name your favorite tight ends, but yeah, I just think, yeah, I think, uh, uh, Goddard is probably a top three, tight end in the league but no yeah no, I, got, I just I got, like I got, I got nothing nothing from that what you said name your favorite tight ends i said yours oh <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were talking i thought you were talking team casino save that for only sports podcast after dark all right this is uh, the family Sorry. podcast <laughs> that's that's the, that's the one where we unleash <laughs> yeah but i so when it comes to Chicago casino this season specifically, do you think, uh, how do you think Justin Fields will fare and what you've seen from him and what the team has put around uh, him? This man, I, if the rest of the team has to play catch up to him, um, I think this is like another um, Lawrence situation where the quarterback is on another level than the entire team. And the team is struggling to catch up. Um, yeah. So I think I think that he's going to have another really good year. Personally, 
But again, I still have him. I probably have him at about eight wins this year, just above Green Bay. Um, and that's that's where I'm going to put. I think they're going to go somewhere around that uh, eight and nine mark, uh, just shy of the playoffs. But I, I'm I'm hoping they they can make the playoffs. Uh, I do like Fields. I like what he's doing. Um, just kind of like with the Jaguars, you know, I was. I want Trevor Lawrence to succeed because I think he's a great quarterback. I want Justin Fields to succeed. I think he's a good quarterback. They're just put in bad situations, and the rest of the team has to play catch-up. The organization has to play catch-up. Um, so that's where I'm at. I think they're going to be good, and it's going to be that thing where there's going to be still a lot of close games, but I think they win a few more of those close, close games this year than they did last year. But they're going to be right in the mix like they were last year in game-to-game, game, all riding off of Justin Fields. Yeah, they're over under this year is seven and a half. And I'm going eight. I'm going the half the game up. I feel like I am too. I feel like this definitely feels like more of a eight, nine win team than the Packers felt uh, feel like this year. And the Packers were eight, nine last year. Obviously they had Aaron Rodgers. So that's a world of difference. But when it comes to love versus field debate, I feel like the debate gets smaller because we've seen obviously a bigger sample size from Justin Fields, but we've also seen Justin Fields in even limited play. Like he, there's something there, right? He kind of feels like what hurts was in Philadelphia, where it's just like there's sparks and there's something here. All he has to do is put it together. And then obviously we saw what hurts did when he put it together last year. What is stopping the bears from having that kind of same turnaround that the Eagles did, where it's like they signed all these, uh, these, all these free agents who weren't the biggest names in free agency, but they were really good guys at a good price. And you didn't feel like you didn't see any of the bear signings and be like, Oh my God, they gave that guy that it was kind of just like, Oh, like good for the bears to get this guy, this guy, they kind of got the, free agents that help teams win, not like the big flashy names. Right. So it feels right. like I still feel like they got reliable pieces. You know, they, they got yeah, the, they got the Mario out of Mario Kart. you know, just that all around player. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, that's it. I that's finally a watched the Mario point. movie and it was actually pretty good. Actually, it looks pretty good. I actually, I actually yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> but uh, I do think the bears are maybe one year away from being, legit contenders kind of they feel like to to me what the lions were last year where a team that kind of sneaks up on some people and maybe by the end of the year they're all of a sudden competing at the highest level and you're like oh man the bears and then it kind of gives that momentum to next year but i would be great with you. transition great transition we're going to move over to the lions now i want to talk about them next um because going right off you said where you know the Bears could be the sneaky team. This is, I think, the first sneaky of this season. The good, the first sneaky team um, next year. Where I think this is Detroit's last, last big. Okay, you know, we've tried to go from like flat to an actual good contender now. Because peep, and they're gonna have to show it this year. Because last year they were the sneaky team that everybody was like, "Holy shit, where do they come from?" You know, they're actually pretty good. Um, don't don't sleep on them, but now everybody's paying attention to them. Everybody's like, okay, this team got better. They shocked us all last year. 
we're going to pay attention to them. And now I really want to see what Goff can do with having the spotlight on him. I want to see what this, uh, what this defense can do, see if they've gotten any better and if they can put things together um, this year. Um, if, if I'm not wrong, uh, didn't they, they, they got Brian Flores right now as their yes. defensive coach. Yeah. Or no, no, no. So, Brian Flores signed with the Vikings. Vikings. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. No God, dog. So uh, I knew for, we went to this. I knew we went to this division. Yeah. So for, um, for this lions team last year, they were nine and eight this year. They are projected at nine and a half wins. Oh, and Casita's walking away. So I'll ask him that question when he gets back. Uh, this year, they had the 11th easiest strength of schedule. Last year, shockingly, they were in total offense. They were fifth, pass offense, six, rush offense, 11th, and 29th in scoring offense. But in terms of defense, that's where the issues were. They were 29th in total uh, defense, 30th against the pass, 29th against the run, and 29th when it comes to scoring. So, Casino, with this. Yeah. With this Lions team, this year they have the 11th easiest strength of schedule, and the line for them is nine and a half. Are you going over under nine and a half for this Lions team? Um, for the Lions team, I'm going to go under. You said it was nine and a half. Yes. Um, I'm going to go on. I'm going to say they're nine and eight. Yeah. Um, and do you think that wins them the or- division? No, I think the Vikings aren't going to end up winning the division and probably at like 10. Hmm. So like, again, we've talked, we said right before we got into this, um, this group of guys or this, this group of teams is they're going to be really close. I think this, this is going to be a very close race in, in this division. Um, and I, I, I think that's where we're going to sit somewhere around where they're all separated by four games, but like each team separated by a game. Yeah. I agree. This feels very much like a kind of a a slightly better version of the NFC South was last year, right? Where every mm-hmm. team is kind of within a half game of each other and it comes down to the last couple weeks of the season to kind of sort itself out. But yeah, but all these teams are a little better than what that that division was. So Yeah, it feels like all of them are going to kind of be around 7, 8, 9 wins to win the division, but uh, in terms of the Lions offseason moves, their big issue last year was they couldn't stop anybody, right? Because they were 29th in total defense, 30th against the run and or against the pass. And then all they did in the offseason was go get Cameron Sutton, was go get Chancey Gardner-Johnson, was go get Emmanuel uh, Mosley. And then they drafted the... Alabama running back in the first round, Jamar Gibbs, but then they also drafted Jack Campbell from Iowa in the first round. So it really felt like the lions were like, okay, this, we lost our running back. So we need to replace him. We were bad against the past. So let's just go get a bunch of cornerbacks and safeties and uh, middle linebackers and throw them out there to make the defense better. I really do feel like the lions and the Vikings are, I feel like at nine and a half wins, I think I would take the over. Cause I feel like this definitely feels like a 10 win lion team. 
uh because that's, I'm, that's fair i'm not i'm not gonna knock that at all i i can see that yeah and i feel like both you and i probably more than anyone i've heard talk about sports both you and i really like jared goff and i don't understand why people don't like him he took a team to a super bowl and remember he had that that year they went to the super bowl they had that shootout where he was going toe-to-toe with Mahomes like and it was that you know remember that Monday night game where the Rams and the Chiefs both scored like almost 50 points a piece like I've seen enough of Jared Goff especially in big games where I would take him over a Dak Prescott or a Kirk Cousins because I've already seen him lead teams to places Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins never have like why I don't get why the other guys get get uh praises and excuses and everybody just fucks off on Jared Goff where it's like he's done what you are defending the other guys for not doing. Like I don't get and they were great Rams teams but again it was it was when you put pieces around him Cousins and Dak Prescott have had better teams than Goff has had and have had nowhere near the level of success it's just crazy to me that jared goff is just kind of like brushed off is like oh yeah like let's just trade this guy away and then yeah but last year with the lions he was 29 touchdowns seven ints 65 completion percentage and 40 4400 yards like i'll take that any season like anywhere almost 30 touchdowns, 4,500 yards, 65% completion percentage. Like I don't get the, the hate that Jared Goff gets. So I think he is at this moment right now, especially with Aaron Rodgers out of the division. I think he's the best quarterback in the conference. I don't know how you can look at his career. I mean, he had, uh, the year the Rams uh, went to the Super Bowl, he had 32 touchdowns and again, almost 5,000 yards. Like, I think, do you think that Jared Goff right now is a better quarterback in this division than Kirk Cousins? Uh, oh, yes. I do too. And I don't get why. I, I, I think so again. And isn't. What we have with Kirk Cousins is just, we've talked about a million times. This is why I draft him almost all the time in fantasies. He's just, the perfect, perfect, mediocre quarterback. People compare, like, he's he's a category in himself now. Like, so when they, yeah. you know, like, the analysts and whatnot, they'll be like, oh, so, you know, you got tier one, you've got the Kirk Cousins, you've got tier three, you've got, like, it just, it, it's really funny. Like, he, he is so consistent that they've made a category after him, which is, yeah, he's just, another, this is just another Kirk Cousins. Capable, competent, he's going to win you games, but he's not going to get you and win you a Super Bowl. Like, he, yeah. they're, he's a Kirk Cousins. Like, that's – speaking on that, like, if you were Kirk Cousins, would you, like, feel good about this? Or would you just be like, can you not use me as a category for being mediocre? <laughs> well, it was also funny because in the Vikings preseason game uh, this past weekend where they played the Seahawks – Kirk Cousins in full uniform wearing his helmet was standing on the sidelines in a game he knew he was not going to play in. So that to me feels like the most Kirk Cousins move, which is fully suited up 
in your gear for a game you know you're not playing anything in just because you're there. And then I've started watching some of that NFL quarterback documentary on Netflix. This is nothing against Kirk Cousins. It's more in defense of Jared Goff. Kirk Cousins, I'll tell you what, he should give all the money back to the Netflix people that he made from that because he comes off as the most likable person, maybe in the history of anything on that show. He's just like this goofy guy who you can tell really gives a shit about football. And you're just like, I don't know how you can root against this guy. And the Vikings are one of those teams where even though the Eagles and them had a weird thing going on uh, the first uh, uh, year, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, you know, where it was like the skull thing and, you know, where Eagles just went into Minneapolis. Minnesota and just kind of blew the doors off them. But the Vikings are one of those teams. They're kind of like, I just really want them in my lifetime to win a Super Bowl because kind of like the Bills, I feel like it would mean so much more to their fans than the Chiefs winning a third Super Bowl, right? Like it's just one of those teams that I kind of just hope gets it done one of these days. And speaking of the Vikings casino, uh, let's move to them. They finished 11 and four last season and shockingly their win total this year is only projected at eight and a half over under eight and a half. Uh, over, over. I think they're going to so be too. right around 10. I think they're going to be, it's either them or Detroit. And I think it's going to be actually a tough one this year uh, for them to just kind of walk away with it. Yeah, I do feel like they definitely kind of fallen back because obviously they lost uh they lost Dalvin Cook, they lost Adam Thielen, but they still have Justin Jefferson. They still have a defense that last year was not very good, but I feel like all they did was kind of improve on that defense and then they took uh Jordan Addison the first round white in the first round the wide receiver from USC. And then they kind of in free agency just got Byron Murphy Jr. And then they got Alexander Mattinson, the running back, the tight end, John, uh, Josh Oliver, not John Oliver, Josh Oliver. But they <laughs> did lose uh, some big names in Eric Kendrick, Patrick Peterson, and then obviously the two Cook and Adam Thielen. But I just feel like, and then you obviously mentioned it earlier, they got the new defensive coordinator brian flores from the steelers so like i said i knew he went i knew he went to one of the i knew he went to that division i couldn't remember which team yeah so last year their total offense they were seventh in the league fifth in passing 27th in rushing and then 28th in scoring which uh yeah but in in terms of defense they were 28th in total defense 31st against the pass 20th against the run and then 28th in scoring as well on how defense. did they do so well that's kind of what i'm wondering but remember <laughs> last year they did that thing where they like won remember we did that where we talked about it on the on the podcast where in every one score game, if you flip this, the score, they were literally like the exact opposite record. So they were 13 and four, but in, if you switched one score games, they would have been four and 13. 
So it was one of those things where they just won every game that was close and like that had never happened. Remember they had that crazy, crazy comeback against the Bills where they came back from 38 points. So it's just one of those teams that was kind of just goal line debacle. Yes. So it's fun. (laughs) It was one of those, those fun teams to watch last year where you're like, how the fuck are you doing this? And then you look back and you're just like, no, seriously, how the fuck did you do this? (laughs) Like, it's just, and I think I got their, their scoring offense wrong. No, no, they were 28th. They were the 28th scoring (laughs) offense. (laughs) Like, how? I I agree with you where it's just like, you look at them on paper, especially from last year, and you're like, I don't understand how this team was 13 and four. But then again, then immediately when they got to the playoffs, they got exposed by a very, I think both of us thought, overrated Giants team. So they, they... Definitely weren't better than they thought they were. This year, however, they have the 25th easiest strength of schedule, which means, what, the seventh hardest schedule in the league? And I really think that's why, for me, they're going to be an eight-and-a-half win team. I think I'm going to go under for them. I feel like they're a seven, eight-win team. And I really do feel like this, it feels like the Lions – division to win or lose and then maybe the bears and vikings make it interesting and i don't know why i just keep seeing this take of like oh yeah the packers they might surprise some people this year i would be i would be more than surprised i would be fucking shocked if the packers did literally anything this season so how now that we finished talking about all the teams in the nfc north how many playoff teams do you think come out of this division casino i think whoever wins it I do as well. I think it's just one team. And what one team are you picking? (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think the one team I'm picking to come out of this division is the Lions. I do think it will be closer than uh, it maybe looks like on paper. Even though on paper, it looks like it's going to be pretty close because – Seven and a half, nine and a half, and eight and a half is basically what all the teams are projected to do uh, this year. So I think the Packers uh, kind of fall obviously further than they were last year, even though last year they weren't that good. So I think the Packers are like a six, seven win team. I think the Bears have potential to be a seven, eight win team, but I still think they're a year away. I don't I have one toe on the Lions bandwagon. I don't think they're going to just be a 13-win team, but I could see the Lions being a 10-win team. And then the Vikings strike me as a 7-8-win team right there with the Bears and Packers. So I'm picking Lions and nobody else. me too. I'm picking Lions. <laughs> All right. No, I, I do uh, agree. Um, I call it the last thing you said there. I do agree. Um, I am picking the Lions because I just don't feel like the Vikings can uh, – I don't think the Vikings can do what they did last year, win every close game. Yeah. I, or well, you mean the Vikings? That's what I said, right? No, no you said Lions. Yeah, you know what I meant. <laughs> but, all right. Uh, anything more to say about the NFC North Casino before we head out of here? Uh, no, I do not. 
All right. Uh, we will be back on Friday to talk about the much, much more interesting AFC North. And this is, uh, and then whatever else uh, sports news there will be, maybe James Harden will be traded. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some videos of Zeke Elliott in a Patriots uniform doing his famous Ooh. eating meme. It'll That'll uh-huh. be fun. Uh, we'll also pull a little segment um, about the Little League World Series. At least, at least. Oh talk yeah, you about want to sh- give him a shout out right now? Well, yeah, a little shout out to uh, my boys out in Hendo, Hendo Vegas. So Henderson, Nevada, uh, second time uh, uh, Nevada team has made it to you. I just gave you some food. No, no, we're not doing toast. <laughs> um, well, I don't have the. Toast, right. I don't have the old computer out, so I can't make you toast with that shitty toaster. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, the Henderson boys, it's the second team from Nevada to make it since the last in 2015. Um, so that's awesome that that that's there. It starts tomorrow. So Little League World Series is always fun to watch. I highly recommend it. A lot of people who will watch it and they've never watched it before are like, wow, these kids are really athletic. These kids are actually like smart how do they know how to run you know a double play and knew where to hit yeah. the cut like they're in the little league world series for a reason a lot of those players end up in the and end up in the pros which is pretty cool so yeah um check it out a lot of fun if you have nothing to do for the next uh next week little league world series it is an absolute blast check it out that's what i, I got yeah, go go Henderson. What's their team name, or is it just Henderson? Uh, it's Henderson. Um, I looked into it. I didn't find like last time with the Vegas. It was the Mountain Ridge Little League. Um, I've just only found Henderson Little League. I have not found like an. It might just be Henderson Little League. I have not seen anything else. All right, so go Henderson Little League. We'll obviously talk about that on Friday. Uh, what happens with that but yeah this has been as as well as the afc north this has been the only sports podcast i'm will that's casino in the background of casino is this child uh the third co-host daddy's all done yeah I am, i'm fine i'm done yes we can go and play now all right go have fun playing uh we'll yeah, see you friday <laughs> <Got it. laughs> <It's> casino <Bye. laughs>